Welcome to the Australian Chiropractors Association podcast. The ACA is the peak body representing chiropractors in Australia. Hosted by Dr. Anthony Coxon, these podcasts explore the science, art, philosophy, and politics of chiropractic, as well as reviewing the latest research and discussing how chiropractors can strive for excellence in practice. Welcome to the Australian Chiropractors Association podcast. I'm your podcast host, Anthony Coxon. Chiropractors have been caring for children for well over 100 years. It's estimated that there are around 30,000 visits by children to chiropractors in Australia each week. Overwhelmingly, this care is provided in a professional and safe manner. Yet despite this, some sections of the medical community, media, general public, are either misinformed about chiropractic or see chiropractic care for children as controversial. One of the positives to come out of the Safer Care Victoria review into chiropractic care for children has been the recently completed update of clinical practice guidelines via a Delphi process. This paper is not only useful in guiding chiropractors, but also demonstrates to other stakeholders, health professionals, and the general public what chiropractic care for children really is and what to expect from a pediatric chiropractic encounter. This study has been accepted for publication by the prestigious Journal of Integrative and Complementary Medicine, and I'm delighted to be joined by the lead author, Genevieve Keating, on the ACA podcast today. For those of you who don't know Genevieve, she has been in family wellness practice for over 36 years. She's completed a diplomat in chiropractic neurology and her PhD in early childhood development. She's also received the prestigious honor of ACA Chiropractor of the Year in 2019. Hi, Jen, and welcome to the ACA podcast. Hi, Anthony. Thank you. A pleasure to be here. So I thought maybe to start with, we just go back and reflect briefly on uh, the Safer Care Victoria Review, because uh, in some ways this did prompt uh, the update of these guidelines. Yes, it did indeed. Yeah, just to refresh people's memory, in 2019, Safer Care Victoria, um, driven by the then Health Minister, um, Jenny McCarkos, asked for a review of chiropractic care. Well, really, they asked for spinal manipulation um, review for children. And I think, you know, if we start right there to say that there's some misguided understanding that the chiropractic care is about spinal manipulation. And as we know, when it comes to children, it's certainly much more involved than that. And indeed, spinal manipulation may not even be used with um, young children. So I think it's that there was some confusion in that review where we're looking at chiropractic care or spinal manipulation. So really that consisted of several parts. There was a review, a full review of the literature for looking for any signals of any harm or, you know, safety issues. And then there was um, an effectiveness or evidence review as well. And that was one part um, conducted by Cochrane Australia. And then there was the public submissions, which um, were, there was 22,043 um, parents that responded um, to the um, survey about chiropractic care and their experience of chiropractic care. And then there was about another four and a half thousand of the public that responded that hadn't had an experience of chiropractic care. And Anthony, as you know, and you said to me just the other day that you were quite, you know, still quite um, surprised and, you know, amazed about the high level of support that the public had for chiropractic. It, it is really amazing, isn't it? You know, 997 uh, percent of the respondents uh, had a positive view of their experience of chiropractic care for children, which must have been, uh, I can imagine, to the to the panel reviewing these submissions must have been quite extraordinary. 
It was. I think, look, the thing was that a government inquiry, because this was held on engaged.vic, it's a government website where people could log in and give their feedback and answer the question. And I was really careful in the designing, the, the group of us that designed the questionnaire, to make sure not just tick boxes, but to give parents an opportunity to share their experiences, so some open text fields to share. And it was really fascinating. As you say, that high number of people um, were, you know, felt that chiropractic benefited their child. 99.1% of parents thought that they were well informed. They were satisfied with the level of information provided about the care. And I got that data after um, the panel was completed, after the review was completed. I got the data from Safer Care Victoria and I wrote it up for my thesis as part of my PhD program. And I looked and I dug deep into that data and I did a benefit analysis across the, um, when looking at the benefits of chiropractic care. So were parents well-informed about the risks of the treatment? How did they feel about the information provided? And did their child improve or not? And when I summed across four um, text box fields, 99.6% was the number that came out of people that were satisfied or very satisfied across those, you know, across those fields. So that's a very high numbers. So we know that the public that have experienced chiropractic care are by and large extremely happy with that care. I guess the challenge comes when it comes to looking at research of effectiveness. Yes. Mind you, chiropractic care isn't any different than other health professions in that regard when it comes to um, treatment for children. But I want to stay on you know, our part of that. And I think the thing that I want people to understand is that to do randomised controlled trial research with this population, in particular when we're talking about the very young children, and to have that blinded, it's a very difficult research design. And a lot of people, I don't think, understand that. And unfortunately, when we do an effectiveness review, a lot of those other research papers that are of not a high standard as a systematic analysis of a randomized controlled trial, but, you know, maybe a, a slightly lower standard than that, but still very applicable in real world experience and, and information, those um, papers are excluded when we look at that. So the evidence of, there's no evidence of harm occurring to a child in Australia. Um, the, the issue I guess rests with, is there a high level of effectiveness? But as I said to you, the, the trials are very hard to design with this population, with this type of intervention. It and is I do want people, go on, Anthony, sorry. No, I was just going to um, say that it is remarkable that after all those submissions, there was not a single um, skerrick of evidence to suggest harm to a child from a chiropractor in Australia in all the, you know, despite the 30,000 visits to chiropractors each week. And I guess the challenges you've said there with any sort of randomized controlled trial, if it's blinded, effectively, that means a parent giving their child to um, a researcher, the researcher takes that child into a room and they're not sure if that child receives an intervention or doesn't receive an intervention. I mean, that's a huge ethical sort of um, quandary to, to, to jump. But also, um, you know, it doesn't really replicate uh, normal practice. Normal practice involves the um, the parent, and and all that interaction that happens within the room adds to the impact of that clinical encounter. So I can understand exactly your, your viewpoint there. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And let's remember that chiropractic is a profession that's, you know, it's got many different um, aspects in the work that we do. It's not just a you know, a one-off intervention of a spinal manipulation. And matter of fact, we'll, you know, let's talk about that for a moment. Um, chiropractors 
modify their input across you know, dependent upon the age and developmental stage of the patient. And we do this across the lifespan. You know, if we see an elderly person say, you know, that may have osteoporosis, of course, the techniques and and the way we deal and work with that patient is, is you know, modified. And the same applies for children and um, chiropractic students, you know, across Australia are taught very well to modify the amount of um, input that they put in and, and how to um, modify that depending upon the age and developmental stage. And I think that's important to keep in mind. Absolutely. For our listeners, we will, as well as uh, this Delphi study that we're going to get into right now, but also your uh, previous research that you did with Lyndon, doing that deep dive into the Safer Care Victoria um, outcomes. And, and uh, we'll, we'll make that available um, as a link uh, when this podcast is sent out. Let, let's talk about um, uh, the Cochrane Review. Now, um, you uh, that was commissioned within Safer Care Victoria. I'm assuming that was part of what you used for the Delphi process, but perhaps, perhaps there was a little bit more that was added to it given um, more recent uh, documentation and literature and perhaps expanding the literature search in the first place? Yes, we certainly did expand that. And bear in mind the Cochrane Review wasn't a full review, it was a rapid review, and it was never actually published anywhere, which was interesting in itself. But, yes, we certainly looked at more. We did an update on the literature review um, in developing the seed statements um, for the um best practices paper that we've just completed. We were very lucky to have Cheryl Hawke as the research lead on that paper. She has much, um, you know, diversity and experience in in running these types of studies and these Delphi studies. We had, um, just to give you a little update, Anthony, 17 people on the steering committee from a broad range of areas, um, including two from the community. It was important to us to have community members. Um, one of the community members is um, a lactation consultant and midwife and the other one was um, nursing. Both have PhDs, but they were there to give their experience from a community perspective. Both have had involvement with chiropractic care for children. So that was um, fabulous and we had a really great um group on the steering committee and then we assembled from that and so sorry that steering committee was both Australian and Americans this was a joint project um, uh, initiated by the ACA in Australia but also um, supported by the ACA in America and several other representations as well and so that steering committee was made up of groups from both sides and then we had 60 on the Delphi panel and that Delphi panel was came through um, recommendations from people on the steering committee about who would have experience in this to be part of the Delphi panel. It might be good just to take a, a small backward step here and just explain to the listeners exactly how a, uh, a Delphi consensus process works and what the seed statements, what, what does that actually mean? Yes, yeah, so the seed statements were developed from, so first of all, we took the basis of the 2009 and 2016 papers on um, looking at this best practice for um, chiropractic care for children, previous work that Cheryl Hawke had done, and we felt it was time to update that. Um, and so we took that as a basis for that, and then we did a full literature review looking at what are the other areas we need to make sure that we're including within the 
seed statements and seed statements are about um, things that we'd agree on uh, as part of chiropractic care for children. So it's all about um, communication with the patient and informed consent, of course, um, forms an important part of that and clinical history. So looking at some of those things, what are the what sort of diagnostic imaging might or might not be used and why would that be? And looking at scoliosis screening. And, and another part that we really added this time that hadn't been added before was parts about health promotion and disease prevention. There's been much more awareness about how does that work across a population. So we looked at the literature on that and also looking at um, looking at domestic violence or interpartner violence. And looking at how how what's the literature um, say about that, and how do we manage that in a chiropractic practice? How do we identify? So they're the sort of things that formed part of the seed statements, and they had to go out to the steering committee, and we had robust discussions about what would be included and not included, and what would be expected. And so we looked at what were the things that should be done in chiropractic practice for people looking after children. So that was how the seed statements were developed. And, and it seems quite, um, you know, a comprehensive uh, list. I know even just the categories, uh, there's something like, uh, looks like 12 or 15 categories there and there's questions under each of those categories. So um, it seems to cover the the, the whole uh, parameter of uh, an experience with a paediatric chiropractor. How, what, to, to get consensus, is it, does everyone have to agree or is there a certain level of agreement that's required before that is that seed statement is, is accepted and it goes into the paper as this is what's expected from a pediatric chiropractor? Yes. Well, everybody on the steering committee needed to be happy with those as the seed statements. And then that goes out to the Delphi panel. And the Delphi panel, we had representation from six or eight different countries, eight different countries, so that we wanted a really broad geographic um, you know, representation. But we also wanted breadth in terms of people's experience. Some of the um, Delphi panel were new graduates in practice and some had been in practice for a really long time. Some had done some postgraduate education in chiropractic, in pediatric work with children and some hadn't so we really wanted a breadth there and then you have um three Delphi rounds so the seed statements go out and that has to reach each statement has to reach 80 percent consensus to be accepted and if they weren't and there was three that weren't as we went along that then they had to be modified and then they go back so we did have three rounds because you have to achieve 80 percent consensus for it to be accepted and it was very robust discussion and people brought up good points based on their ideas and their experience and of course different interpretation in different ways as well depending upon experience so it's a, it was a very robust process. So what are the, some of the strengths and I guess weaknesses or limitations of studies like this? Well, look, I think, you know, one of the strengths of something like this is that you do a literature review, you come up with seed statements, and then it's open to the profession, those on the Delphi panel, um, you know, to have their comments. And, you know, you really are not controlling um, an outcome, you're putting it out there. So it's a, a genuine way to look and to understand and, you know, understand it people's experience and then to be able to modify what would be expected or recommended based on that so you know that was an important strength the other one it's the first time there's been community involvement in the development of the seed statements um, so that's important to us always that you know consumer involvement is there um, I guess the other the other strength of it was um, the diversity of experience I think is that, that other part that I was talking about um, I think in some ways 
one of the limitations were, you know, that there could be, um, there's gaps in the literature in terms of um, recommendations for certain um, evidence-informed, you know, it's important that we really develop evidence-informed recommendations. And this was really through this expert opinion. And if I can step back for a second, when we talk about evidence-based practice, you know, because that's the important thing that we talk about. And evidence-based practice is often used to mean unfortunately, to mean the highest level of randomised controlled trials research evidence. And that's not what it is. It's the best available research evidence mm. combined with clinical experience and then combined with patient preferences and values. They're the three arms of evidence-based practice. And so this is really using that second part, that clinical experience part of it. So that's a strength of a study like this. It's looking at that clinical experience. What do experts in the field say? Um, so that's an important you know, strength of this study. Um, we do, as we've said, we have a, a, a lack of high level evidence for the effectiveness of, of chiropractic care for children. However, I will point out our profession is not the only one that does. Mm. You know, there was the studies done by Venus um, looking at medical research and how much of it has the highest grade A level of evidence. And it's not high, even in the highest one, which is cardiac care, only 60% of what's done is highest level grade A evidence. And that's from the Venus 2020 paper. So I don't want our profession to be held to a higher level. Of course, it's about responsibility. It's about, you know, um, informed practice. It's about being clear about what we're, our recommendations are and what are we basing those on and then allowing patients to have a choice because that third party is patient preferences and values. And that is important um, to take in mind. I think one of the other things, Anthony, when it comes to informed consent, and I, this is an important point to me, as you know, I work a lot with really young children and, you know, right through the age range of up to adolescence, that informed consent isn't just the, pa the parent permission and involvement in the decisions. What are the risks to care? What are the benefits of care? What are the other options to care? That's an important part of it. But it's also to receive um, consent from the patient as they're able to, Mm. at different ages and stages. And that's important that we, you know, talk about that, that we're always checking in with the children. Are you comfortable? We could do this um, and let them know what are we doing and why are we doing it and are they comfortable about it? And, and children will often share in nonverbal ways as well as verbal. So we talked about in the, that in the seed statements. Some fantastic points and I 100% agree. Now, you'll be presenting the results of this uh, study at the WFC Congress in the Gold Coast uh, in uh, just a few days' time. Um, but when will this be available online for, for, for people and members to, to actually read the, the full report? Thanks, Anthony. It won't be long. It's um, got approval. It's been through. This paper is being published in the Journal of Integrative and Complementary Medicine, a high-level journal. We're very pleased to have it accepted there. It's been through very robust three reviews and revisions um, for acceptance to that paper. And um, that it's been approved and accepted. And so we've just to let you know um, that we're making it open access so that people, it's not behind a paywall, uh, it's open access availability. And thanks to the ACA for um, funding that open access part of that as well, so that it will be easily available for people. And it will be in the next few weeks. So I will present it at WFC and um, it'll be available shortly thereafter. I'm sure we'll put a link up on the website so that, that people can access it, Anthony. Yes, we absolutely will. Um, so I guess where to next? Um, how does the profession utilise uh, this study to, to further uh, develop 
chiropractic care for children in Australia? Well, I think it's really being aware of what are the um, accepted, you know, statements from this and looking at the literature review and, and reading that and, and you know, being familiar with that. And I think then the other the other parts, where to from here, uh, to continue to do the good job that we're doing. And I'm going to have a personal thing here. I want us to stop putting videos and Facebook posts and things up about our care. Um, you know, not a, not about our care, but, you know, showing what that is because it can be misconstrued and mistaken, you know, for, for what it is. And I just think it's not a, a professional way that we do that. Um, the people who have an experience of chiropractic care, the parents in this case, very, very high levels, as you saw, of, um, you know, informed consent about it and, and um improvement in their child the people that don't have an experience of chiropractic care but have an opinion that second group in the stream of the safer care victoria roughly 50 percent were supportive of chiropractic care 50 percent weren't and what it seems like is those that have had experience by and large have a very positive experience those that don't know that haven't had an experience can have a negative attitude towards it and i think that's gained from other health professions and their opinions without knowing about what mm. chiropractic care is and also things from the media the media have had a fair push there's been good research papers written about the media's um, unfair sort of presentation of what chiropractic care is and so it's interesting i have a, you know referrals from a lot of other health professionals here and those who understand what we do are very supportive of it and there's other people that don't seem to want to know and that's a pity and that's something that i think could have been a follow-up to the safer care victoria and that is to inform the other health professions about what were the outcomes about that and particularly in, in the medical profession that might have a negative attitude towards chiropractic to let them know about the safety profile of our profession so where to from here onwards and upwards i think to continue to improve um, our communication and improve um, the work that we do as a profession and how we represent that to people as well Fantastic, Jen. Look, I just want to say uh, on behalf of the ACA and indeed the chiropractic profession, thank you for all the great work you uh, do in the chiropractic for children's sphere. I mean, the work you did in Safe Care Victoria, the two studies, um, including the one we've discussed today. I mean, I know it's extremely time consuming and at times very emotionally draining as well, uh, but you've been an absolute champion and um, just done your work as it's needed to be done in a in a real modest and considered way and i can just say that we greatly greatly appreciate that so thank you for that and thank you for your time on the podcast today thanks anthony absolute pleasure this work's really important and the community need to really be able to continue to access this care so thanks for the time today well that's it for me thanks for listening i hope this podcast has been helpful in your quest for excellence and I look forward to chatting with you again on our next ACA podcast.